last day of poor eyesight for me before I go under the knife for lace and under the laser for LASIK surgery. And uh, now I can actually read my notes that I have here for you. But we start with March Madness this weekend. Some trends for you to think about as we have, I think my friend, and obviously you know him as Matt Cruzan, put it perfectly when he said, expect the unexpected this year in college hoops. And lo and behold, we get Florida Atlantic University for San Diego State for a trip to the final. And UConn faces Miami, a little bit more traditional, but the one seeds don't make the elite eight for the first time in like 50 years. And we're going to have some craziness. We've had some madness and uh, it's still about to continue here this weekend with the final four. So some trends for you to think of uh, as we hope to inform you and your bets this weekend, a hundred percent of the national champions. I think this is since like the 80s. So right around that 50 year sample size have been to their conference semifinal in the postseason tournament. All teams check that box when you really think about it, too, right? Obviously, that just means like a lot of at-large teams, so to speak, have not made it. So all four teams check that box. FAU won their conference. Uh, SDSU was in the semifinal, if not won it, or at least was in the final. UConn lost to Marquette in the final, and then Miami was in the semifinal. And I could have that wrong, but they have all been to their conference semifinals. All teams check that box. 15 straight years, the national champ has been in the ESPN Top 25 Basketball Power Index. Miami is currently 26th. Florida Atlantic is 33rd. So does that maybe take out Miami, who's currently five-and-a-half-point dogs against UConn, FAU, two-and-a-half-point dogs against San Diego State? 13 out of those 15 years, the champ has been in the top eight Right. So that basically takes out a good third of those. South Dakota, uh, South Dakota State, San Diego State is 15th currently. UConn is third. UConn's the only team in that top eight, so to speak. They've been there even before the tournament, too. That's the thing. As the tournament games have gone out, gone on, this has been updating, too. And Miami is still currently 26th, FAU 33rd. They were a lot further down when the tournament even began. Um, the only two years the champ was outside the top eight, it was only two times, and both times were the same school, the University of Connecticut. Something's in the water. It stores Connecticut. They won it in 2011 with Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. They won it in 2014 with Kevin Ali, of all people. And I think for what it's worth, they're going to win it again this year. Um, they might be a blue blood. You, get, you might have to put them up there. Um, four straight tournaments. This is my own trend, right? So while I've done the research, so the conference tournament one we've seen floated around, that's not even a great stat. I like the BPI one, the basketball power index. That's my own research there. This is another, my own research trend here, a little bit smaller sample size, but four straight tournaments. And it includes the overlap of COVID, which is interesting. So four straight tournaments that the winner was bounced in the first weekend in the prior year's tournament's first weekend. So uh, it started with Villanova in 16, did not make it to there, or 17, did not make it to the Sweet 16. Next year, they went on, won the title. Virginia, obviously, in there, lost in the first round, became the first 16 seed, uh, upset over a one seed. Obviously, again, happened this year, Purdue losing as well, but Virginia then would bounce back and win it the following year. Is Purdue a nice bet next year? Who knows? But... Uh, there are only two teams out of the four right now that check off that box where it's been Baylor did the same thing 
and um, so on. So it's been four straight tournaments that the winner was bounced in the first weekend in the year prior's tournament's first weekend. FAU did not make the tourney last year. Not sure what to really do with that. <laughs> it's like, okay, so they weren't there. Um, it's going to be a long shot, but who knows? Miami made the Elite Eight, so that would take them out. They went far last year, and here they are backing it up with a Final Four appearance. Miami versus UConn scares me as a man that holds a UConn plus 900 ticket. UConn lost in the first round to New Mexico State last year. San Diego, that was a 5-12 matchup. San Diego State in an 8-9 matchup lost in the first round to Creighton. They just came back and beat Creighton this year. So is it going to be UConn-San Diego State in the final if you put together all those criteria? And I think UConn cuts down the nets when it's all said and done. I just mentioned UConn. I grabbed them plus 900 before the Sweet 16. They are now currently favored at minus 139 wherever you're shopping at your respective books. NBA regular season is about anywhere from five to seven games remaining for each team. Let's play a little pretender or contender going through the playoff teams. West is still pretty much wide open. East a little bit more solidified. We'll start in the East. Bulls, pretender. I've been telling you this for the last three years. Nice what they're doing with Pat Bev. And hey, that's the beauty of the play-in game is it gives these it gives your fans an excuse to buy tickets to a playoff game. Buy tickets, get excited for one more game. It's the play-in. Maybe they do something in that 7-10 through 10 play-in tournament, but it, overall, Bulls aren't doing anything. And then, again, it's just a matter of when are they going to chip off DeMar, uh, Levine. You, you know, the core is aging. It's getting you, you know, it's deteriorating before you were first-round exit. Now you might not even get into the actual thing. You're a 10 seed. You're literally the last chance getting in. In one of the easier Leagues to make the playoffs, you know, okay, at least you'll get excited for one postseason game. You guys are pretenders. Raptors, now you guys are going to make fun of me. Hopeful contenders, I took a feature on them. They were terrible. Looked like they were going to miss the play-in game. Now it looks like they're going to be 7-8. They're going to battle with Miami. They're getting hot at the right time. Does that even mean they can do anything in the first round, let alone the second? I don't know. But Nick Nurse has won a title. Scotty Barnes is nice. Revlin beats Van Vliet's okay, solid, like just kind of the tier below an all-star. They may, you know, it's going to be tough. They're going to have to face the Celtics. I don't know, but as a holder of their ticket as well to win the Eastern Conference, which pretty much looks like dog poop, um, they're a hopeful contender for me. Hawks, who knows? This was an Eastern Conference finalist um, two years ago when they upset the Sixers, when Ben Simmons didn't want to shoot a layup. Can they get back there? Trey Young's horrible to watch like James Harden, but worse. He just kicks out his legs, shoots free throws, doesn't shoot as a... He's having a brutal shooting percentage here. But they're they're there. Hawks are hanging out. I love watching DeJounte Murray play. That's been a nice ad- addition, but it's kind of been the same team. But same team's gotten them as far as the Eastern Conference Finals. Can they do that again, maybe? Looks like they're in the play-in game as well. Uh, Heat, again, could give a first-round team trouble. They don't care about the regular season. Jimmy Butler comes out to play in these playoff series. Eric Spolstra is a championship-winning coach. Team was an Eastern Conference final, an NBA finalist, not even a couple of years back. I know that was the bubble, but, uh, you know, never count out Miami when it comes postseason time. Cavs, love what Donovan Mitchell's doing. How great things happen when Rudy Gobert moves out of your way and he's not clogging up the paint. Uh, Cavs are a real fun team to watch. Mobley, Garland, young team led by Mitchell, who's having a career year, and they're just a year away. 
they're a year away. There's still too many change. And there's too many guard, uh, you know, guarding members of the East. You've got Giannis who's won a championship. You got the 76ers who have always been right there. And you've got the Celtics who obviously are defending the East. Um, Cavs are going to be nice for years to come. Four or five matchup. Maybe they get to the second round. Maybe they win a couple games in that second round. Who knows? Maybe they make a conference final. But I just think they're a year away. Mobley, I think, is going to be a dominant force for years to come. And the t- team and franchise will be, you know, so good for them. They obviously live through championships with LeBron. LeBron leaving twice. But now they've got, obviously, a new team and a new guy to root for leading them. But Mitchell's having, like, the greatest year since LeBron. Like, he's incredible right now. Um, Knicks, pretender. Uh, Tom Thibodeau loves the regular season, and his guys are always burnt out by it. They're probably going to lose to the Cavs in the first round. Maybe they beat the Cavs. They're not doing anything in the second round. R.J. Barrett's a nice piece, but that's about it. He's not a franchise changer. Brunson's been great. I was probably wrong on that. I uh, I thought Brunson would not be a great addition. I thought the Knicks would find a way to mess it up. The Mecca's going up, at least for now. And th- that team, it's great when the Knicks are playing well. I just I just am not a believer in it. I think that they're a regular season darlings, and I'm like, the Vikings were, you name it. I, the Jazz always are. Uh, you can get game planned out of a series quickly when you have Tom Thibodeau as your head coach. And then lastly, let's talk about the uh, Nets or Pretenders, Celtics. What, new coach? You know, first year to ever do it. I, that's why I was a little bit skeptical about Texas, and they just lost to Miami pretty bad after they had the lead at half. I think the Celtics, it's their East to lose, and I think there's a little bit of pressure on them. There's the swirling rumors about Jalen Brown. He's probably going to end up leaving the team. And, you know, maybe that dynasty falls apart before it even had a chance to really do anything. This feels like maybe it's the last year or two that they have a chance to do that before you eventually have to make some hard financial and roster decisions. And I think, you know, I think the Celtics just unfortunately took a little bit of a step back. You know, they got older. Horford's a year older. Tatum and Brown, again, is there possible turmoil there with the franchise? Danny Ainge is gone. Look what he's done with Utah so far. Um, I'll go pretenders for Celtics, Bucks contenders, former champs. Last year they didn't have Middleton. Middleton's back. They're number one in the East, and I think they're going to maybe repeat as champs, not back to back years, but two of the last three. You know, the NBA and NHL are similar, where you have these dynasties, guys that could take over, teams that could take over for five years. Um, you know, I think the Bucks are certainly the team to beat in the East, and let's get to the West. Bonus one to start the West. Right now, the Mavs are outside of the play-in. Kyrie Irving, it's it's crazy. He's a cancer. Uh, seven and nine as a Maverick. They are pretenders, even if they make it a play-in. Thunder, two years away. I would love. I would be rooting for them. That's a fun team. I love the construction they've done. Obviously, Chet Holmgren hasn't even played yet. You know, the Thunder are going to be. I think one of those teams that are going to be. Uh, you know, the upper echelon of their conference for years to come, but maybe a year, maybe two away. Lakers, pretenders, LeBron, it's, I'm sorry, it might be, might be over. Dare I say it? They're old, uh, playing. It's a long, long playoffs. West, I think, is wide open, but I just don't see it. The Lakers, they won the bubble, but then it was the year after that. They couldn't do anything without AD. Can AD stay healthy? I'm really not a Laker believer as I label them as a pretenders. Pelicans, shout out my boy Verde. 
love on what they're doing. They're probably a year away. Zion can't stay healthy. Is he coming back? They probably, NBA would love to have him back for the playoffs, but they're pretenders. I mean, I would like to see him maybe win a play-in game, maybe get to that full four-game series in the first round, but I don't think they're doing anything this year. Um, but they have a great social media team. I'll tell you that much. You know that. Uh, Warriors, hard to count them out. Howard to count them out. Uh, got to put them as contenders. Steph wasn't healthy for most of the regular season. That's why they're a six seed. Put them in a seven game series with that core. That's won four titles. Um, contenders right now, they're a six seed. Wolves, pretenders. Rudy Gobert. Maybe, maybe they get to dance and win a play in game and uh, act like they won the championship again, but they're not going to win a series. Uh, It's not going to work. They somehow got worse when they added Rudy Gobert. Um, I guess they have a chance to maybe get one game better, but you mortgaged your future for that. Marginally better. Nothing doing in the playoffs. Pretenders, as you well know. Uh, Clippers, as much as I like to root for them, even though I guess Reggie Jackson got traded to the Nuggets, so maybe I'll have to root for the Nuggets. That's good because I have a future on them. Clippers, I mean, Russell Westbrook, I got a label on as a pretender. He's not as bad as Kyrie in terms of cancer. Cancer's locker room and on the court for Kyrie. Russell is just more on the court. Um, Clippers hanging tough in their position. But, again, that I think him and playoff P, we've seen before, they can get easily game-planned out of a series. Kawhi looks great. Glad to see him healthy again. But I think the Clippers are pretenders. Suns, if KD can stay healthy, contenders. Word is he's coming back this week. Um, but again, that's a big F he, you saw, he rolled his ankle and a layup line, uh, you know, any, anything you're holding your breath with KD. But of course, when he's out there playing healthy, uh, he's just as dominant. And that's obviously got, it's one to two titles. Son's a team that has been to a championship without KD. Maybe he is the missing piece to get him back and maybe winning it. Chris Paul though, forever a choke artist until he proves us differently. Um, Kings pretenders. They were last year's Grizzlies. Grizzlies this year pretenders. They're still not going to do anything. Um, Nuggets have to be contenders. This is your year. Jamal Murray's back. Jokic is making a play for his third straight MVP. Um, you've been to a Western Conference Finals before. You got bounced in the first round last year by the eventual champs, Golden State. Maybe you have to go through Golden State again, but you gotta at least win that first round. Probably win that second round. Um, this is, if not the year, the Nuggets, I think, have some pressure because if they have a first-round exit, a second-round exit, you know, have they reached their ceiling? Is Coach Malone under fire? Does Jokic want out? Um, you know, a lot of things happen when you have, obviously, the MVP, but nothing doing with it, um, which leads us to the MVP discussion. Oh, how things have changed. Joel Embiid is now the favorite at minus 150. Um you know, I'd be cool with either. I had Joel Embiid plus 500 preseason. You could have got him at a way better number because there was a point uh, during the middle of the season because there was a point Jokic was like minus 350. But Embiid, you know, is it a fatigue over Jokic? I think the reason you could put Embiid there is because he's averaging darn near 10 points more per game than Jokic, right? Jokic has got the triple-double. Actually, he's just down to 9.9 assists per game too, which I think is not insignificant. But Embiid sits out the matchup with him Monday night. You know, he's only played 61. He's probably going to play 65 of the 82, you know. Uh, but again, that's that's basically par for the course now in today's NBA. And he's averaging, he's putting up numbers, points per game 
like we haven't seen since James Harden when he won the MVP a couple of years back. 33.3 points per game, leading the NBA, doing it as a big man, right? He's doing it inside and out. He doesn't have the assist ability of Jokic, but, you know, he's making up for it by scoring. Um, you know, I'd be cool seeing it either way. Jokic, I think, certainly has a case. He's arguably one of the most talented players we've seen in the NBA over the last two years. It's mesmerizing and super fun getting the watch. But, uh, you know, Embiid certainly is unguardable almost, especially with his height. You know, he, he's like a more powerful KD, less of a shooter than KD, but still an enigma. And I think Embiid's been around for a couple of years, putting up the numbers that he has. And they're also still not the one seed, which the Nuggets and Jokic have. But maybe it's a little Jokic fatigue. I could see it going either way as we wrap up NBA and get to the NHL. I still like the Avalanche uh, to repeat. I've got a future on them. Um, Minnesota Wild are going to choke. You know that. Can Vegas or Dallas make noise? Can they clip the Avs? Maybe both teams have made a Stanley Cup final over the last handful of years, respectively. Are the Bruins really a lock with their historic season? Or are the Lightning, Canes, Islanders, Rangers going to do something? McDavid, Connor McDavid's having a historic season. Really not being talked about. He's got 140 points, first time in almost 30 years. And uh, 60 goals. Um, but, you know, the NHL, I, it's not it's not trending as much as baseball has been over the last month. The World Baseball Classic was absolute insanity. We got the perfect matchup to end it. Shohei Otani striking out Mike Trout. You know, Otani might be the greatest athlete we've ever seen in the world. Um, you know, people say baseball, they're not athletes. They are. Hand, hand-eye coordination, they'd be able to hit a ball but then also pitch and throw a slider, throw 100 miles per hour. Like we're seeing, we're seeing, he could probably go play tight end. Uh, you know, golf. I, I feel like Shohei can do it all. Um, it, it's amazing to watch. And, you know, it's a blessing. He plays over in the United States and we get to see him at the highest level. But again, I still don't think the Angels are going to do anything. But the World Baseball Classic set social media blaze, you know, conquer the sports world. And uh, Otani's the greatest athlete on our planet. Opening day, Thursday, my thoughts here. Uh, you know, questions here. Are the Yanks and Mets vulnerable? Aaron Boone hasn't proven anything. Uh, Mets, obviously, are cursed. I'll be excited to follow Frank the Tank again all season long as he obviously predicts the demise of his favorite team, the Mets. I, you know, I took both of them plus money to miss the playoffs. It's a long shot, obviously, but... You know, I just think we, the turmoil surrounds those franchises over the last decade. So why not? Let's see. Um, Orioles, I took a little plus money on them to make the playoffs. A team that, you know, overachieved last year. And I think it really has a nice little young core there led by Adley Rutschman. You've got Gunnar Henderson coming up. Um, Santander's a real nice piece that nobody talks about in the outfield. I kind of like that Orioles team, even though it's a loaded division. Um, but you know, you could just make it as a wild card team too. And that's pretty significant plus money excited to see if the twins fall short again, are they going to actually do anything this year? They get Correa as he was what the, the twins is fourth or the vice versa. Correa, the twins were Correa's fourth choice. He eventually comes back. You know, I, I think he was fine. He's not franchise altering by any means. You're paying a lot for him. Certainly. And uh, will the White Sox fall short again? They finally got old man LaRusa out of there. We'll see if that does anything better. That's a fun roster to watch. We'll see if they win a pretty lackluster division. 
And are the Astros inevitable? Are they, you know, I was doing some looking. I I don't think that, I mean, they got Jose Abreu, but I don't think that's a lock to automatically make it back. Verlander leaves. Uh, you're going to have to rely on those guys now. Uh, Javier, Luis Garcia, can they be the true ace and lead these guys now that Verlander's gone? Verlander looks like he's poised to have another great season for the Mets, but um, we'll see, I guess. And uh, on the National League, Braves, Phillies, we'll see if they continue to make noise. Of course, Phillies reigning National League champs. Dodgers, I always feel like, are inevitable. Padres get Tatis back. And, of course, the Cardinals are going to win the NL Central, but then the offense will fizzle out inevitably in the playoffs like they always do. Um, lineup looks nasty, and it's going to be fun to watch. Pitching, hopefully it does well. Wainwright got injured during the World Baseball Classic. That's not great. Can Flaherty stay healthy? And, you know, it's not even can the Cardinals win the division. Ho-hum. Ho-hum. The division's fine. We need to do something in the playoffs again. It's been a little too long since 2011. I'm telling you that much. I'm greedy. I'm greedy. It's been it's been painful. Yeah, penance. Division penance. Bah! I want trophies. We need some trophies back in St. Louis, uh, home of the hottest team in professional soccer, St. Louis FC. Shout out as well. Um, last but not least here on Corbett's Corner, I uh, just, you know, I'm wondering if live golf is going to last. Crowds look very sparse. Um, they pay all this money for the good guys to go over there, and they're not even winning, let alone doing well. Like 40-man tournaments, and Bryson DeChambeau's getting a T40. Brooks Kepka, T36. You know, Danny Lee's winning. Uh, Charles Howell is is having a... <laughs> He's raking in cash winning, beating all these scrubs. DeChambeau's literally on the odds board towards the bottom. He's like ranked 40th out of 46th. These guys got their bag and are doing nothing. And I just, they're on the CW. Nobody's talking about the league outside of like fringe golf fans. And, you know, the golf fans alone are already so niche. I just don't know what's going to happen. And it's like, okay, yeah, they have unlimited money, so it doesn't even matter. But, okay, it matters. They're not just going to put time and effort into something that is utterly useless and, you know, without popularity. And then if it does fold, if they just write it off as a loss, get rid of it after two years, maybe three, see how long they keep up the trade. What do these guys do? Are they allowed back? BGA Tour all of a sudden has leverage. Like, we don't want you guys back. You made your choice. You made your bed. Um, you know, Phil doesn't care. He's on the end of his career. He's just racking more money probably to offset gambling losses. But, you know, Mito Pereira, some, you know, Matthew Wolf, some of these guys that jump ship thinking that maybe this was the kick to Twitch, right? The the competitor to the PGA Tour. But I, I in terms of momentum, I thought they did pretty well initially, but it's hard to keep up noise for long. And when you've got Danny Lee winning 40-man tournaments and, you know, DeShambo, who you're paying a shit ton of money for, not doing anything, you know, and you're barely making any revenue, shit's hitting the fans sooner or later. Um, I just wonder what their future is for live golf. Future for tennis is Car Carlos Alcaraz. Great to see that he is uh, healthy again. He's going for the Sunshine Double after he just waltzed through Indian Wells. Would he have won the Australian Open? He missed it. Djokovic went on the win because Djokovic is inevitable. Inevitable. Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, the golden era of tennis. This guy's doing stuff that Nadal was doing 
uh, already signifying that he's a legend in the making. But he is, you know, what if he stays healthy? Nadal will always have the what uh, What if. Is Nadal done winning championships? Maybe he has a word on clay. But I imagine Djokovic still going to win a bunch. But now Alcaraz, if he stays healthy, you know, he's going to be that looming challenger in every single Grand Slam bracket that, you know, is probably going to be the odds-on favorite. Um, we'll see. We've got Roland Garros coming up in uh, March, April. We probably got it coming up in a month. So we'll see if Nadal's healthy. Can Alcaraz break through with the French Open? That would be something. Um, but he he's doing incredible stuff. And as a tennis fan, he is absolutely insane to watch. Okay, so I'm off to get LASIK tomorrow. I'm hoping to do a revamp uh, once I recover from that. Obviously, we're going to do this podcast weekly to get you your sports news, winging it's every week as well. And then uh, I want to get, you know, YouTube's fun too, because I've got obviously the podcast, which is more long form, personable, talking, you know, 20 to 40 minutes in your car. YouTube's kind of five to seven minutes, videos, visual, interactive. And I like switching it up where it's exclusive to two things. So maybe, you know, because I am betting every day and we've got the core bets betting tracker, which you can check on Twitter for all of our plays. But I do like kind of just seeing line movement throughout the day. I'm up to date on every single sport. I like obviously conversing and talking uh, with fellow degenerates. And maybe I do. I always like kind of switching things up. So I, you've got the podcast, you got on demand and live streaming is also something that is so inevitable as well and another way to kind of enhance my youtube page so maybe i'm thinking about doing uh kind of like a daily 10 to 15 minute show there live on youtube hopefully that we can just kind of log on together talk about the board whether it be nba whether it be a season of baseball whether it be soccer whether it be tennis whether it be futures for the nfl coming up college football right around the corner uh, maybe that's something we do kind of daily on youtube say at like 2 p.m um or whenever available and hoping to do something more cool visually uh in terms of my studio now that i've got more uh equipment in terms of not just my webcam and whatnot so hopefully make it a more visually stimulating uh excitement thing here for the corbett sports entertainment network all right so that's it for sports i'm heading under the knife with better eyesight coming out the other end hopefully as we talk to you later on corbett's corner